Ew. Ew. Name is Sarah without the H. Because H's are ew. You know, President of Outcomeam? <laughs> Never even heard of it. <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. What's up, guys? <laughs> throw on some gear? <laughs> Welcome back to the Christian Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. We're excited to be back with you guys with some really exciting news this week, so we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Gordon, how are you doing? Not bad. Woke up kind of early. Well, for me. <laughs> Stayed up kind of late. Also my fault. But I did it to go to Mass, so I was tired, but now I've been up and we've been chatting and I've been drinking my coffee and I'm nice. great. Did you go to St. Mary's? Yeah. Nice. St. Mary's is where I work, guys. Yes. I finally saw your priest. Yeah, he was sick this week, so I'm glad he's feeling better. And so is the other St. Mary's priest. Really? Yeah. Man, or, everyone's sick down here. Drops, drops below 50 and everyone just like drops like flies. Yeah. Cool. How are you? Man, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, I actually got to take the day off because I'm working all weekend. So, yeah. So I'm kind of just relaxing. Uh, and I'm super excited about all the stuff that like has just come out for the podcast like no me too this is literally consumed like the last several weeks of like just my my thought processes yeah and so i'm like really excited this is finally out yeah and the um small changes i've been making yeah like that one day when i did it and i was like well now i want to change like every page a little bit i have had to like pace myself so i don't just because i could probably work on it for uh, like five hours if Mm -hmm. i want if i allowed myself to but i i can't because i have other things to do <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's really cool i guess we can just say it or are you talking around it oh i mean let's go ahead you guys <laughs> have probably seen it at this point anyways especially if you're watching us live yeah but uh yeah so if you guys haven't seen yet we're super excited to announce that we have just dropped our website yeah which is official website yeah it's the christianculture.com uh, make sure you put the Christian culture. I know some people have gotten that mixed up already, um, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Amanda for helping us through it because uh, we probably wouldn't have been able to do it ourselves. But yeah, she gave us what you see now um, and we're still kind of slowly tweaking small things, but right on there right now is all our episodes, our podcast, more information and photos about us and who we are if you've ever been curious about that our new blog is on there yeah uh, there's one video now you'll probably get access to more videos later on probably mm-hmm. so uh yeah there's just a lot of stuff and then access to our patreon our patreon yes which i don't think we've announced we have not announced that at all so if any of you have ever tried to make a podcast before it's not easy and it's not cheap uh, and especially since we're trying to move into videos now too, all that costs money. Um, and so we have started a Patreon, which is basically a platform where people can support us and in return, we'll give them special bonus content. For example, some of you are watching us live right now. Uh, that is one of the features for uh, our patrons. So we're going to put the links to the website and to our patron in the in the bottom note section here. Mm -hmm. So if you have any interest in supporting us, if you love what we do, please, please, please check out our Patreon. Um, We have a lot of really fun, I think fun, like uh, gifts to give back to our patrons and the people who support us. So go check them out and see if it's something that you're interested in. Yeah. Even if it's only uh, a couple dollars a month, uh, five bucks a month is the smallest uh, platform we have, but anything that you have it could still be a dollar a month which would be like twelve dollars a year and that would go to many things and that makes a huge difference yeah uh people don't realize it but we have to pay every month to keep this going you know and it's coming out of our pockets and we're all poor missionaries so uh, it, it adds up after being doing this for a year and a half so please help support us yeah thank you yeah so those are our big announcements. Gordon, what have you been intaking the last week or so? Um, the 
I started the Punisher the series. The TV show, not the yeah, movie? Yeah, the Netflix. Yeah, I never liked the movies, but just because I'm not really a big fan of, of Punisher. But I started the Netflix series because I finished Daredevil a while back, and he's in season two. So, like, his spinoff was from, from that. And, gotcha. Uh, so I started that, but I've only seen episode one so far. That really started since. I've been watching very little TV and other things, mostly because I've been playing my Switch mm. a lot. I got a Switch for Christmas. I mean, Lizzie both did. It was kind of a big surprise. And we got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So I've been playing that a ton. But I just borrowed Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game, from Jonathan last week. And so... Pretty much every day since Tuesday last week, I've been playing Zelda. Um, it's consumed my life. <laughs> That's why I stayed up too late last night. Gotcha. And that has been awesome. Um, at first, I would at first I didn't really like it too much. Actually, I think you would love it. Really? I would almost like let you borrow my Switch for like two weeks to play it because it just drops you off. Um, you like we like wake up and you have like you have amnesia and it just like drops you into the wild and then like there's a guy you talk to, but only if you choose to. Otherwise, you can just venture off open world, and like the quests are there, but only if you like find them. Yeah, and you have to talk to everyone you meet because they'll either do be like a quest or they'll like in in a weird natural conversation they'll like drop a hint of like. Oh yeah, I'm some some something. Um, I live from over here, and re- you realize like, oh, I need to go over there, mm. and like it leads you. You have to cook your own food, so you have to like hunt and pick plants yeah. and all this stuff. And um, those are the kind of games that I love. So yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and it's also uh, there's a bunch of shrines that you find, and inside the shrine, it's puzzle based, and so all that is just like. If you unlock the puzzle, then you can gain more hearts or more st- stamina cool. and stuff. So When we did the game episode on here, did we talk about Zelda? I don't think yes. we did. We no, did. we did because I just, that was when I was playing the first time Ocarina of Time. That's and right. Nick That's loves right. Zelda and Nick, or Danny asked for Nick Yeah. what my thoughts were on Zelda. I do remember um, that now. And we talked about like how... Everyone in the game at first seems unimportant, but by the end you realize they all have a part in yeah. the story, yep. which is the same as this one. But what I do love about this game over the other Zelda is that, like, I haven't played, forgive me, people that love Zelda, I haven't played any other ones besides Ocarina of Time and this one. And so there's, like, a rule in Zelda, don't do anything with the chickens. And um, right away in this game, I got I was on, like, a killing spree. I was like, oh, I love you can kill things and get food. So, I like, the first horse I got that I was riding, I was like, I'm just going to kill it, and I'll get a bunch of food. <laughs> and I killed it, and it just died, and it gave me no food. And I was like, well, that was dumb. And then the first chicken I saw, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill it. And I attacked it, and, like, a swarm of chickens just started attacking me, and I lost, like, three health. Every person I've told that plays Zelda was like, well, duh. <laughs> but... It's very stereotypical that it's like Zelda Link. Like, she's the princess, he's the knight, they save the thing, and it's like just staple. But in this one, you keep getting flashbacks as you gain your memory back of what happened before, because everyone's been like lost from this war with Ganon. And you see in the flashbacks that like Zelda the princess is having this like internal struggle of like, you're the chosen one, you got the sword, but what if you were just the chosen one because you were born into this life? Like, what if you were born in a different family? It could have been anybody else. Mm. Like, she has this doubt of, like, are you actually the chosen one? And, like, she keeps praying for, like, these magical powers that she's supposed to have, and it's not coming. And she's like, why can't it be me? Like, why can't I help in this battle? And, like, there's this struggle that I've never seen in any other Zelda story. And it's really beautiful. Wow, I feel like there's got to be a ton in that that we could talk about too i'm thinking about just maybe from, touching from what on. you've talked about already. yeah but uh that's all i've been doing so what about you ironically the main things i want to talk about today as far as like what media i've been taking in are also games but they're games that i played with you uh so oh, yeah the big one being uh if you guys have been listening to us for a while you might remember that in november 
and December, I guess. I went to Philadelphia for a tabletop gaming conference, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I got to meet uh, a lot of game designers and see some of their new games that haven't been released yet. And I want to go to one of those. Yeah. Well, let me know. We can go. But one of them that I met, uh, his name is Jason Blake, and he showed me his game. It's called Seismic, and it was a lot of fun. It was something I haven't really seen before, and I found out that he lives only a couple hours from where Gordon and I live, so I talked to him, and we arranged a get-together where he brought up two copies of the game, and a bunch of us from around here just played, and it was awesome. It was so much fun. I wish we would have had more time to keep playing. Uh, Gordon kind of... <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. You, like, sabotaged me. So yeah. I couldn't do anything. But yeah. it was still fun. Uh, so I'm, super I'm awesome the game. worst version of myself when I play games. Yeah. Unless it's a cooperative game. Well, we sat down and, and I was like, okay, I have my strategy. Like, I was the only one who had ever played the game before. It was great. And then as soon as we get to the very first round... All of you started attacking me, and then throughout the entire I did game, not attack you first round. To be clear, I saw that you were attacked twice, and I was like, that's way... What about the other people? I had a strategy. Oop, I had a strategy. <laughs> and then you immobilized my characters for yeah. several rounds, which is brilliant. That's my, that was my only strategy. I wasn't trying to like destroy yeah. you. I was just trying to keep you from being in the game. And it worked. Uh, and so I, I basically was stuck inside my base the entire time. But still fun, super awesome game. Basically, the premise of the game is uh, all these people have gone to a different planet and they started terraforming it. And there's so many people there using up all the resources that it starts to implode on itself. Implode. And so basically, you're trying to build a spaceship to escape. Yeah, it kind of becomes Lord of the Flies all of a sudden because everyone's working against it. It's like anarchy on this imploding planet. Yeah, so you have to. The only way you can build your spaceship is by destroying other people's units and using those units to build your spaceship. Yeah. So it's just everyone and for themselves, complete there's chaos. There's bribing, there's war, there's mining of whatever remaining like materials resources. are left. Yeah. And then the other thing is the planet is the imploding. Planet blows up. So randomly, each pieces. round, pieces yeah. of the map will just disappear. And if your stuff is on that section, they're gone. Yep. And that part of the map is gone for the rest of the game. Yeah. So it's so cool. We played for like three and a half hours, and we actually did get to finish. But the other game, the other table played for three and a half hours, and probably could have played for another hour or hour and a half because yeah, barely any of them had much on their ship. Well, part of it also is it was our first time playing, and a lot of people are not into that kind of game. So right. this is definitely a game that's like you have to be a gamer. To really understand it, you know? So it's not one that you just pick up like, um, I don't know, like, I guess not even checkers. Like, shoots and ladders or uh, the game of life. Like, family-friendly games like that. Yeah. This is one that, it's someone who... Candyland. Candyland. That's a good example. Yeah. Uh, you have to be someone who's played games and, like, enjoys... Can't stand games like that. Where you just draw a card to move. It's too random. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too random. Oh, it is, but... Also, just I like strategy games. Sometimes you'll draw like a blue, and that's like ten spaces away, and you're like, "Great!" And you're like, "What was that?" <laughs> I just moved ten spaces. So, uh, seismic, seismic doesn't. Well, it's released in May to. Uh, what did he say? Patreon? No, not Patreon. Oh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, the other one. So in May, check out Kickstarter, uh, and I think for the rest of us who don't support it on Kickstarter. It'll be available in next year sometime. You said like February, probably yeah, next year. About a year from now. So, awesome game. Check it out when it comes out. And then you introduced another game that I loved, which was Magic Maze. Yeah. Which shout out to CJ. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Yeah. Shout out CJ. Basically, Magic Maze is a cooperative game where you're stuck in a maze, and there's four characters that you have to move as a team, but you can't talk, you can't point or do anything, and each of you has a different direction that you can move. So, right. Like, so all two to ten of you are trying to control four players on the board. At the same time. Same and it, time. it's a timed game, so you have to go as fast as possible. Yeah. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. And it's kind of ridiculous, too, because <clears throat> the theme is like 
You're you're like D and D characters trapped in a mall, trying to get your weapons and get out. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one we played was Kung Fu Fighting, which is just a, a card game. So that was pretty fun. And then uh, I also wanted to say that I've been reading the book uh, Us- Using the Force, oh, Star yeah. Wars and Catholicism. So if you guys have been listening to us for a while, you've probably uh, listened to the Star Wars episodes that we did last year during Christmas time. So our guest for those episodes, Anthony Digman, has published his book just like last week or the week before. And it's awesome. Great stuff. I'm uh, only a couple chapters in so far, but it's really, really good. And you can actually find it on Amazon, on his website, or uh, we have links to it on our website too under the resources page. So if you guys want to check that out, it's awesome. And last but not least, I've been binge listening to the album that we're going to be talking about today. Yes. Yes. Which we'll probably just have to dive right in because yeah, let's it's go. probably going to take the rest of the time. But last november i think it was i think it was november when this came out uh mumford and sons dropped their fourth album um and i've loved mumford and sons since they came out and every album as it's come out i think has beat their previous works so this in my opinion is one of their best albums to date I don't think when they beat the last, like the last one is any lesser than it is. Like the first album is its own thing, and I love it. Most people, a lot of people I know, like prefer the first two albums because they're very to what they first loved Mumford and Sons for the mm-hmm. folkiness. Yeah. And, and that was me. Right. But I just think that Mumford and Sons have like been adapting, and it's hard to explain, but if you see them live, then you understand why their sound has changed. They're very much not like this folky band. They're just like musicians who understand how to create music and how to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's incredible. And so I love this album, but Lizzie as well, love this album just as much as I did. We were both like, we're listening to it together and she listened to it more than I did. And she's like, this album's so good. It's just, yeah, I just love every song. And then she pretty much told Clint rather than me for some reason (laughs) you guys should do this album as a podcast and so it's been on the list for a while and we've been like knocking down stuff from that list um like we kind of told you in the previous episodes Mm -hmm. and so just like we did on the 21 pilots episode uh, with chris johnson right yep we are going to be tackling not just a song like we've done time and time again but kind of looking at this whole album so the album is called delta it's their fourth studio album um and we'll start we'll start there so it's called delta yeah so i didn't really know where to go with a lot of these songs they have like such deep lyrics so i actually oh, went yeah. and did like a ton of research because i was like i don't even know where to start and i was looking at just some interview stuff that they they had when this album came out and they were talking about the the name delta and like why they chose it and basically the reason they chose it is they're talking about a delta, which is like where a river meets like a sea, right? And so it's this place where chaos meets calm, right? So we have this this combination of, of two bodies of water that are very, very different. And for them, it's very much a reflection of them coming back from tour and entering into the chaos of like normal life all mm-hmm. the things that they don't realize that their families are going through while they're on the road and so this whole thing is a reflection of being back amongst their their family and being a part of of that suffering and that chaos yeah and i'll just go ahead and share because we could probably like keep tying back to this delta theme what i kind of got as far as like imagery you know with with the christian perspective because with what Clint is saying, the album's kind of about Marcus Mumford and his wife and like these internal struggles between mm-hmm. them but and between just him, between her, and like these things that they're fighting being in the calm now from this life that they've been used to. And that's like the whole album. It's just different conversations, different like thoughts in their heads. And and for me, if, if you can kind of turn on this, this whole album seems like a similar struggle between one person 
in their spiritual life mm-hmm. and they're like sitting in adoration almost like like another thing about deltas if you picture one it like veers off into many directions so yeah. it's like they're at a they're at a, a cross in the road and have the decision to make either to go and like allow to allow their suffering to be with christ or to choose to walk away but another thing too is a delta forms because it's all the sediment that's been carried through the river and is finally just like left off before entering into the calm, this ocean. So it's like everything, all your bags that you're carrying is piled up here. It's, it's here and then, and then you either choose to like wrestle with it or enter into something much bigger than where you're from and much calmer and more peaceful. And so that's like this big imagery I get from this album is just like this person that's wrestling with something and they're at the decisive moment, but they're in adoration. So some of it's like God speaking back or what they might be hearing. Um, and I think on the other hand, too, I think they do have some of their songs actually see the water analogy the opposite direction where the the river or their time on the road is the calm because that's what's normal for them. Mm-hmm. And then they come home. And it's like a soldier coming home from war. Right. You know, where you have this relationship that's been distant for so long. Now that you're back together and you're experiencing what the other person has experienced, it's hard for them to kind of transition back into that. And so it's kind of like the calm into the chaos of the life. And so we kind of see both directions at different points. And so because we are doing the full album, we'll try to go like down the line but we will be like jumping around yeah. and not really touching mostly on like lyrics, but on themes throughout each song. So to start, the first song that opens up the album is called 42. I found this out through research too, but I, I see in the notes that Glenn has, he also did too, that it's called 42 because this is their 42nd single that's yeah. come out, their 42nd song that they've released yep. and published. But another thing that I thought of when it comes to this song is... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and that 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything, <laughs> which is also kind that of didn't ironic, even cross too. my mind. Uh, it's just it's just ironic that it happened to be the only song they titled by the number, but yeah, it is the answer to life. And if you think about us, what is the answer to life, the universe, and everything? And it should be, you know, God, God and love. Yeah. So, and that's actually kind of uh, interesting because maybe this is just me making a comparison uh some of the lyrics i know we're not going to focus specifically on the lyrics but it says i was so sure of it all but what if i need you in the darkest hour and what if it turns out there is no other and as i was listening to that i'm like that's like that's me talking to god in prayer you know um i i was so sure like i thought i had it down and then what if in this darkness i don't need to like rely on my my own power but to admit that God, I need you. Um, and then later on it says, well, I've been running from the ashes we left. Forgiveness speaks for itself, but how can I forget? Yeah. And so it's this running from something that's been destroyed, this, this chaos, this brokenness into forgiveness. Right. And this is where I picture in my head, either the person's like sitting in the parking lot, like outside of adoration, choosing to go in, mm. or they just went inside. Cause it starts with like, where do I turn when there's no choice to make? And how do I presume when there's so much at stake? So it's like, like I said, they're at this decisive moment. They're at the Delta and they're trying to figure out like all the, all they think they have left is maybe God, but they're still even choosing if they want to even take that route. Yeah. And so this is God in prayer, this moment they're leading up to. And I love like the last stanza in this too. So give us a sign. So give me a sign. I need some guiding light. Yeah. And God is that guiding light. And so they're looking for an answer. And the answer is 42. Yeah. And I, this is kind of random, but I, one thing I love about this album is that it does tie together so well. Oh, yeah. Even it in this always first leads song, to the next song. Even in this first song, we see uh, two or three different titles of other songs or like references to other songs. Right. And so it's very much tied together. And I think that's why we have to do it as a full album. Right. Because Cause it's, it's a story. Yeah. It's like... This first song opens up the theme, but it then it has words, and then each song dives deeper into that aspect of that other song. Right. And so right away, we'll jump to the next song. Like it says, she is in need of a guiding light. The next song is the guiding, guiding light. light. So what is that? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. 
you go ahead. Great. So what I really noticed in, in my research was that the band, when they were creating this song, they said they wanted to do it as a bridge from the old style mm-hmm. of their music to their new. And you can kind of sense that. It's yeah. this like transition where we can, those of us who really love their old style of music, can kind of be eased into this newer style. Right. It's not about. like their third album, which is very new. Right. But it's rather like a blend of, I think, two and three. Yeah. So it is like, like you said, an easier an easier approach to that. Yeah. And so they talked a lot about how it's like this transition and so it got me thinking about in scripture, right? We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. What is the bridge between the old and the new, but Christ? Mm. And so I went through these lyrics with like Christ in mind, like specifically, and just verse two here, but fix your eyes on me. I guess I'm all you have. And I swear you'll see the dawn again, but don't just sit with folded hands and become blind because even when there is no star in sight, You'll always be my guiding light. Yep. And so that that last line, the guiding light, we being little Christ, like images of Christ, are the light of the world, and he is the light that guides us, right? But this fix your eyes on me and you'll be able to see the dawn again. So it's like if you want to get through this darkness that you're talking about in, in the last song, fix your eyes on me. I'll lead right. you there. Right. I'll be the light. Yeah. And once again, either with my imagery or just in faith, I also really love the the first two lines in the chorus where it says, when I know I had it all in the line, but don't just sit there with folded hands and become blind. And I, I have this picture of someone either in adoration or someone at mass who's just there, but like they have their arms crossed and they're just like leaning back and they're not like participating. Right. And when like, we can do that and that's better than nothing, but our faith is something to participate in. Yeah. Or something to for us to not just witness. It's not like a show at mass, but something that we all join into together. Right. Um, and so we really can see that guided guiding light. We really kind of get a glimpse of this star that's not in sight mm-hmm. um, when we when we choose to participate rather than blind ourselves from not participating. Yeah, it, it definitely portrays like this some kind of indifference or just like numbness. You know, when we cross our arms and close our eyes it's very much our our body language is saying i don't want to participate right like i'm not open to this and i didn't even think about it until you said like the connection with the old testament to new but you can see that with when the people in the old testament that had the covenant with him like the people in the desert chose to mumble and chose like not to actually seek out yeah the promised land and what happened they were blinded and they never found the promised land yeah yeah, so uh, very scriptural stuff there, too. Yeah. And then we move on to the third song. This is one of my favorite songs, just because it's the one that usually gets stuck in my head. I don't like singing it. Yeah. But it's called Woman, and clearly this is about his wife, and he sees that she's wrestling with something, and she's, you know, he's trying to figure it out, but she won't tell him. Mm-hmm. But what I also got from this song is, like, it reminds me of, like, the Samaritan woman the woman at the well and that like there's this theme that we are more to God than we see in ourselves because what Marcus Mumford is saying to his wife is like, you know, I see there's something in your eyes that like you're struggling with and I can't read your mind, but I'm trying to, but whatever it is or whatever you're thinking about yourself, like you're more than that. Like my my favorite line in this song is when he says, you say the sun doesn't shine for you but I hope you learning that's not true in time. Like, I hope you know that's not true. Yeah, that was one I highlighted too. Yeah. And actually, the very first thing I thought of when I read the title, like not even looking at the lyrics, listening to the song, woman was Mary. Right. Right, because Jesus says woman. And I was like, this doesn't this doesn't make sense for Mary, as I was listening to. And so I like the Samaritan woman, but I was also thinking about when Jesus calls Mary woman, Mm-hmm. He's referencing back to a different character, Eve. Right. Right. And so we have this kind of pretense of the fall mm-hmm. already. And so I think looking at Eve or the Samaritan woman, going off that line, you say the sun doesn't shine for you. I hope you learning, you're learning that's not true in time. And I think that's a very beautiful testament for either of them. Um, because imagine being 
Adam and Eve, and your sin leads you out of the Garden of Eden. You are like suffering. You experience like pain and death for the first time ever. Right. And, like it has to feel so dark. Yeah. You know. And then for this Samaritan woman who is alone, who is persecuted by her entire town, who has felt unloved to the point where she's been with six different men now, and you have to feel just like so lonely and dark. Right. And it speaks into that loneliness in the beginning. It's like, I, I, I know that you're lonely. Yeah. And so it, it's this beautiful thing. And I think it's great that they say that the sun doesn't shine for you. I mean, we, we reference Christ as like this light all the time. We look at the, the monstrance. The monstrance uh, at adoration right. is a sun yeah. that holds the body of Christ and radiates onto us. And at the same time, not only does the sun shine for us, but the son of Christ died for us. Yeah. You know, we have that idea that the son is totally for us yeah. and offered for us. It's a little bit of a pun. Right. And going, <laughs> going into like, like I said, this weird like image I've gotten to this album, this, this is now from the guiding light song. She's in adoration and it says in the guiding light, like stare into my eyes. And so she's doing that mm-hmm. And this song, I think is what God is saying to her. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. there's more in you. Like I know you're, you've, you've made it this far. You're here. I see. You might not believe it, but there's something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I I think when we're in that darkness, it's so hard to be able to admit it. You know, I was actually just talking last night with some of my youth about depression and what it's like when someone is depressed. Like it's so hard for them to convey their emotions or like to show love or to understand that they are loved. So when we're in this dark place, it's really hard to think that we could possibly be loved but mm-hmm. this is a god saying no matter where you are you are loved right and moving in like that's a great segue because i think this this continual conversation with god <laughs> i didn't even plan this of what he's talking about to her changes into the fourth song which is literally called beloved yeah which is him saying i hope you know if you don't know anything you're beloved and he actually mm-hmm. is saying this in the sense of even if you walk away in the song it says even if you walk away Please know that you're beloved, no matter the circumstance. Yeah. What else do you have on that? Yeah, so this one, I basically learned that it's supposed to be about like a passing of a grandparent. Um, but one line that I like is kind of towards the end of the first verse. It says, she says the Lord has a plan, but admits it's pretty hard to understand. I, I think that goes along with the last song as well, where we have to try and unite ourselves with God's will, right? Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes it might seem like what he's doing is evil or bad for us. Check out previous episodes. We talked about why that's not the case. It's really hard to understand because we, we don't know. We don't know everything. Uh, but God makes good come out of bad situations, and we need to trust in that and try and unite our, our will and our lives to his. I think this song perfectly captures how God works. Because in the refrain, the second time it says it, it says, before you leave, you must know you are beloved. Yeah. And whether that's like leaving mass or like leaving your faith, he's like, before you go, just like know how I view you. And before you leave, remember I was with you, which is a very scriptural line. You know, Jesus says, remember a ton. Yeah. And he also says, I am with you. Mm-hmm. And then the last And then part. it says, as you leave, I won't hold you back, beloved. And so like, that's our free will. Mm -hmm. He's like, you are everything to me. You know, you're so small in this huge universe I've created, but it's for you. But if you don't want anything to do with me, I'm not going to stop you. And it's, it's that, that just one line captures, I think everything of how like God looks at us. Yeah. It's kind of like this last, before you leave, just please know, know that I love you and that I'm with you. Yeah. Just, just. Those two things. That's all I need. If you, you know understand. those things and you still want to leave, then I'm that, not going to stop you. Yeah, exactly. And then we move into this song that kind of speaks into that Adam and Eve aspect, the struggle. Yeah, it's no, like, one of my other favorite songs because I just love the lines and like the sound of it. And it's called "The Wild." It's a shorter one too. It is a short one, um, but it's actually kind of a long song. Yeah, but uh, it's called "The Wild." This is speaking into, if we go back to the Delta, the wildness of the, the rushing river, you know, the wildness of Tor. But I also think the wild 
is the brokenness mm-hmm. in our world that we live in. Yeah. The wildness is our temptive nature, like, you know, what, what Satan has brought into our world. And what I love, he's like, well, you know, what's that I see? I think it's the wild. So he's kind of like noticing it, like, oh, here's this thing. And he said, it puts the fear of God in me, which we know to be one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, fear of God is not actually fearing God, but it's this type of feeling like like if you have a significant other or a wife doing something you think you might lose them over. Mm. It's like think, like doing something you're like, oh, I don't want you to, like, I don't want to displease you. And it's that type of feeling. And so because the wild exists, because we can fall into temptation, it, it's kind of instilling this idea of like not, not wanting to displease God, even though we know from the previous song, we couldn't do it. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to say on this? Yeah, I mean, kind of what you started touching on there at the beginning, where this this song definitely dives into the theme, huh, dives into the theme <laughs> of uh, the water, where the water meets, right? We have this combination of safety and open water, which is rough. So the chaos, the 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 joy all coming together. And in the very first verse, the very first line, it says, we saw birth and death. And this was kind of where I got focused on here. And as we look at that, even before I I read the lyrics, I was like, this song is about baptism. And I read the very first line and I'm like, birth and death mm-hmm. together. That's what baptism is. Right. right. We die. We die to our old self. We die to the wild that you were talking about. And we are reborn into something new. And so uh, I guess baptism was kind of the main theme I was looking at here. And then the other one is the bridge. Right. And I'm sure you're going to bring this up. So go no, ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, you know, it's called the wild. So it's, it's about, you know, it, it does speak into that baptism, but like, it's really, the, they're wanting you to focus on the more tentative nature, the, the brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so the bridge is this infamous, line that god has said to us over and over again 365 times do not be afraid Mm -hmm. and just repeats it twice do not be afraid because i am with you and you are beloved yeah you know i'm here yeah so they all keep tying together it's yeah this is it's kind of funny because the the 21 pilots one that we did actually is is the same way where the whole album is very much a story that kind of you see the transition of the people. yeah i really love you know bands that you can clearly see they're in a state in life when they're yeah. writing not just like a song mm-hmm. but like a whole thing yeah so this next song is called october skies i really don't have like a ton on it except that it's the it, it mentions a, a month and we've talked about this on the podcast before and some of the intros that like there are seasons in our faith mm-hmm. and october is in the season of fall which is where struggle happens, um, which is where things kind of happen before the cold winter oh, man, entering into good. this new season. And that's what this whole album is about. Yeah. So it's interesting they talks about October and like this season of fall. And then the second thing is just that this song, he keeps talking about a silhouette. He says like, in the silver light, in the light, I, I see a silhouette, but it seems like it's like fading. But he's talking about like holding on to that. You know, I, I brand it in my mind so I won't forget. Let it shine, let it shine. And so this song to me is like when you have something from your faith or something that comes on that you can just hold on to. Mm-hmm. Even in the darkness, like you have that thing. And that's what I get from this song. Yeah, pretty similar. Uh, I kind of just jumped around to the areas that really drew my attention were the ones where I talked about the silhouette as well. So uh, the very first part, in the silver light, I just made out your silhouette through the quickening haze. And so it's this kind of distance where you kind of know it's there and it's can't like, even grasp it yeah. yet but you see it it's it's in the haze and then jumping down a little bit further in the valley i'm free but in the hills i soar and so we have this kind of throughout history being on a hill has been like making yourself closer to god and to your silhouette is gone once more and so you're reaching you're trying to get closer on this hill and it's still just out of your reach and then we go down to the next uh, paragraph and it says the fear of what's to come has been crippling me. And so it's this this fear of the chaos that we've been talking about this whole album. So to your silhouette, I turn once more. And so it's this desire, this reaching out in this, this 
keep going back. And it talks about this, this loving yearn, this desire to, mm-hmm. to reach back and to, to reconnect. And so yeah. it's kind of this, I think this is the turning point. Right. Where it goes from sitting in the darkness to getting out of the haze and reaching back for God. Yeah. It, it even uses a really cool word. Is that wrath? Wraith? Wraith. Wraith, which is like, like a, a ghost, ghost. Yeah. Which is something you can see, but you can't even touch. Yeah. And he's like, but he's like, I have faith in that. Mm-hmm. And we have a holy ghost, which is ding, ding. our spirit. And so we have faith in like our Lord and something that we can't necessarily see because the Holy Ghost of the Trinity is the one we can't really see, but we have evidence of its fruits and of its beauty and what it's working in us. Yeah. And so talking about this thing, something to hold on to, the next song is called Slip Away. This one was awesome. Yeah, yes. go ahead. You take it. Yeah. So one of the major things going through this one, I I, I really saw it as God talking to us. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to point out a couple different things. So in the first verse, because you will never slip away, slip away into the night. And then it goes right into verse two, waiting patient for the sun to rise in reveals a stoic smile, but you will never slip away, slip away into the night. But the chorus is where it really comes in, I think. So these first two, uh, after this person has reached out and they haven't quite been able to grasp their their faith again and to reconnect and they start to s- try to slip away and God's like, you're not going to fall back into this darkness. And so this is the chorus. You find me waiting here for you. Come and suffer here. You find me holding my breath for you. Come and suffer here. And so it's this idea of bring your suffering to me. Like, don't slip back. Like, I'm here waiting for you. Just bring it to me. Right. And that he'll kind of take that on. And we jump forward to the refrain, but you're not yourself. I know you better than you, but you're not yourself. I know you better than you. And so it's how... Do you know me better than I know myself unless you were the one who made me? Right. Yeah. And what the notes I have for this is you can't avoid anything. And I put in parentheses forever. Yeah. So like this is God finally being like, look, I know you're dealing with something and we have to face it. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of learned in this past few weeks through some people that I know, like when something in your heart or something that you're struggling seems to be at its worst, that's when God is really moving in your life. That is when he's like digging it up and bringing it out um, and allowing healing to be actually like happening in that moment. So you can't avoid anything forever. And then Christ's wounds on the cross, his wounds are there because he has a desire to suffer with us. When he says, bring it to me, it's not like you can't expect him to take on the suffering and you don't feel anything. Yeah. But it's rather like, remember I'm with you. Right. You're not alone in this. I'm suffering too. Like what you're feeling, I feel. And it mm-hmm. hurts. And then lastly, until we fully surrender to that idea and choose to suffer with him, we're not who we are created to be. We're not our full selves. And he knows that. And, and going with that, in the, the second chorus, there's a part where it says, it's never more that I can take. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. So like you lay your suffering with me, like give it to me. It's not more than I can take. I can handle this. I can handle it. Like, this is how I want it to be. And then the break is the last thing I want to mention. So in the break, it says, don't you lie down, be still in love. Don't you leave now, be still in love. Don't you leave now, be Be still. still. Just be still in love. That's that, you know, Jesus on the boat with the raging, raging storm. He just tells it to be still and everything calms down. Yeah. I mean, it's, don't you lie down, don't you give up, don't you just leave, like, just be still and rest in this love, Yeah. this love that is God. Allow me to heal you. Yeah, exactly. Let me move on to the next song, which is entitled Rose of Sharon. So I I, I have notes seeing this as a um, conversation between us and God. So the chorus is God to us, and it says, and I will surround you with a love too deep for words holds you from the world and its curse. So long as I have breath in my lungs, long as there's a song to be sung, I will be yours and you will be mine, ever our lives entwined. And so it's this very beautiful like promise of the lover where I will surround you with my love, I will protect you with everything that I have until I am dead, right? And, and he did that and beyond because he conquered death. 
right? And then verse two is kind of our response. I think it says, come crashing in like a wildfire. I'm left in awe of you. And so we see this, just, just bring it on, bring on this, this burning fire of your love. Every time I close the door, I'm left wanting more of you. I wish I had some grand sense of occasion, but I'll just smile and turn away. I hope you know by now that I don't know any other way. And so it's just this honest admittance of, I, I want you, I want you to bring it on. And every time I turn away, like, I'm sorry, like that's, I'm admitting like I'm broken, but you know, you know me and you still love me there. And the only last thing I want to say, uh, unless you have something real quick, no, is in the pre-chorus it says, when it's said and done, I'm yours forever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm done. I'm yours forever. Yours forever. Yeah. 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 And that's repeated over and over and over. This next song, Picture You, is where I got the mindfulness and meditative surrender. So that surrender we got from Slip Away, do I have to surrender to this suffering? Picture You is almost us responding to what God is saying, where we are saying, when I feel the darkness is a heartbeat way, you know, there's this, he's talking about the wild now, this, I don't see it coming, but the darkness visible is on the rise. So this, Mm. this wild, this broken nature like almost this is in the moment where temptation is there and you have the choice to either choose it or not. And in the chorus it says, and so I picture you soaked in light. I picture you and in you I have no doubt. When the chaos calls me out and it feels like there is nothing I can do, I picture you. Uh, which feels like a song we've covered in the past actually. I don't remember what song, uh, but some, I think one of the titles of our thing is Picture You or something. But this idea of holding on to like in this temptation that's on the rise we can picture christ and his love and mercy and we can picture what he's done for us um, and return to him in that moment and allow him to take us out what are you, what are you looking at it wasn't scars to your beautiful was it no i don't know it was i think it was your uh Haze, hazel song sister hazel oh all for you all for you yeah, maybe, maybe that's yeah, what it is. That sounds right. Maybe go check it out. We did that last year. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was, mean, yeah. that was basically what I had as well. Uh, again, this conversation between us and God, and the lines that you just read, I had as this this prayer of just vulnerability mm-hmm. uh, to God from mm-hmm. us. Yeah, so. and then, like I said, it mentions in that song this darkness visible that he's feeling, and the next song is darkness visible. So it speaks into that. But this isn't isn't really a song; it's more of um, an instrumental with a poem being like said in the background. Um, and that poem is from Paradise Lost. Yeah, you know this, but I hated this at at first. Like this was, I didn't like this song at all. Yes, until I realized what Gordon's talking about. Yeah, because it, it's just kind of being said, and it's eerie, and it's weird. It's dark. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're in an old horror movie at first. Yeah. But it's really just... But it's done intentionally. Yeah, it's an excerpt from Paradise Lost, which is an epic poem about Adam and Eve and Mm -hmm. the fall of man and what Satan has done. And so I'll let you speak into that a little more too. Basically, the the part that they're talking about here is basically about Satan being punished in hell for trying to war against God. Mm -hmm. And so like his punishments for turning against god and this is just a a really dark yeah really dark dungeon and just like suffering that he suffers yeah that and based on the last song saying what darkness visible is where the temptation comes from this song is just alluding to satan being the root yeah and so we move into i think these last four songs which i think is like another turning point in the album you know we Mm -hmm. had like being aware in the first half of like what's going on and then you had that turning point at some point i think slip away yeah and now i think this is a, like a final turning point like almost like the last four almost a resolution mm-hmm. and it starts with if i say and this is once again with like us being aware we're in a broken world and i think there's another conversation from god um he's saying like i know because of the darkness visible because of satan what's happened but more importantly he says in the, in the course like i'm with you previously and in this course he says and if i say i love you then i love you you know what is truth what is all that he's like 
I am truth and what I've said and done for you is all true. Mm-hmm. I would never leave you. I would never lie to you. Yeah. If you think that or, or if you've felt that, that's Satan. That's the darkness visible. What I loved about this, first off, I feel like the style was going a little bit more back to their more folky sound. So I really liked that kind of music. So that was great. But the chorus, it's not just like they say that line that you just read once. And if I say I love you, well, then no. I love you. It's repeated, I think, like 15 times throughout the whole thing. Like It's right. a, a lot. Yeah, every chorus is like four times repeated. Yeah, and then it's in the pre-chorus and stuff like that. And the other thing I wanted to bring out was, and let it shine on, let it shine on us. right? And so it's this idea that well, what is shining, uh, they make reference back to the light, right? which we already talked about was Jesus. right? Right. So let, let him shine in us. And if I say I love you, then I love you. Right. So this light and this love meeting uh, and kind of just overwhelming us. Yeah. And I think the first verse, I remember now looking at it, is something that I liked because it's coming out of this song, Darkness Visible, and talking about this sin. And it's like, this is what we're saying. Like, I came here without a choice. Like, Mm -hmm. I came in, I, I was born into this world that's broken. Like, I'm not the one that chose the apple. And I'm sorry, God, that I never said thank you because you saved me from more trouble. Like he, his dying on the cross and providing salvation kept like, yeah, things are still broken in this world, but he's made it far greater and changed everything for us. Mm-hmm. And so like, see that. And then this is God's response. Like, I'm the light, let it shine. And if I say, I love you, then I love you. One side note on this song as we're kind of prepping for the next one. Uh, in my research, I found out that one of, or whichever guy wrote it, he actually saw it in a dream, like dreamt up the song. Oh, wow. And then they just like went into the studio and recorded it the very next day. And that was it. Sounds like a prayer. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. That's crazy. This um, next one is my personal favorite to listen to on the album. This... But- yeah go ahead no this one i was just gonna say for this note i put question mark because i really don't have anything from the chorus that i think i can pull from except the title wild heart Mm -hmm. which is actually a book like a very popular christian book wild at heart about Mm -hmm. men being men and how we were because of adam we're like naturally wild at heart and we're meant to be out in nature and all these things and it's also speaking into adam and like this temptive nature mm-hmm. um but also the only other thing is the chorus where it says uh with this everlasting glance is is talking about his wife and this wildness and how like she has tamed him and that's why i said like i can't really pull anything from it because god's heart isn't a wild heart yeah. it is a pure and loving heart but god's heart does charm ours so our hearts are wild and it, it turns us into this tame, understanding person with an everlasting glance with God looking at us as long as we're looking back. So the part that I kind of pulled from this is actually right after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go into the post-chorus where it says, I wouldn't have you any other way. So even though, yeah, we might have a wild heart, we might turn from God sometimes, he loves us as we are. Right. And then who wants love that makes sense anyways? Love doesn't make sense. Like people, oh, it just makes sense. No, love doesn't make sense. Go listen to the only why. Love is a confusing part of the three. Yeah, yeah. So love doesn't make sense because we, true love doesn't make sense. Let me clarify. No, yeah. Uh, Because true love is total self-giving without getting anything in return. That doesn't make sense. Like why would we do that for our our self-preservation like that doesn't make sense so who wants a love that makes sense right what makes sense the love that we kind of perceive nowadays is this quote-unquote love which is not actually where i love you because it feels good or i love you because you do something in return for me Mm -hmm. who wants that that's the love that makes sense but it's not good it's not real love And then immediately after that, I asked for the truth. I guess I asked for it. Brutal and unchained. Right? When you ask for the truth, 
the truth sometimes sucks. Yeah. Like if we're being completely honest, like sometimes the truth is just hard to swallow. Right. The fact that uh, we're coming out of this darkness and into kind of these this light from the chaos into the calm, that is going to be hard. Right. And we're going to have to face some facts that we don't want to face. Period. Even if even if it's not just like a hard truth, even if it's like praying to God, like God, I'm broken, heal my broken heart. Like I said, in that healing, some things are going to be revealed, and it's going to hurt. Like digging that out, it's it's Eustace, right? Mm, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's that. It's it's if you want truth and you want, you know, this this whole purity and like to fit anything, then you got to go through this delta yeah to get there the eustace reference is c.s lewis's mm-hmm. voyage of the dawn treader check it out yeah it's a kid's book but it's great the dragon scene is what he's talking yeah about. ripping ripping the dragon um you you'll you'll figure it out yeah <laughs> it's pretty obvious once you <laughs> well, get there um and then we get into the second last song and i know we're gonna probably go over a little over with this podcast but yeah it's a full album and it's a request so we're doing it yeah. <laughs> anyways um <laughs> It's forever. This one is another one of my favorites and another one, like Clint said, where they kind of repeat something over and over again. And this speaks into that confusing love, that love we can't really understand and really the virtue and, and the fruit of love. Like that's not what we, you know, have redefined as love, but the actual virtue of love, the, the theological love that stems from God only the chorus i'm just gonna jump right there yeah it's almost like god is challenging us he's like look there's this wild and there's this but you know what you need to do you need to love and you need to love with your eyes with your mind with everything you do and dare i say forever Mm -hmm. like all the time yeah there shouldn't be a second that passes that you're not acting out of love What, what i love about these first couple lines is Love with your eyes, love with your mind. It's this idea that you're loving with your whole self. Right. Your body and your soul right. coming into the, this love. And it's it's something that, that lasts. Yes. Yeah. I, I think of two, uh, like scripture where it says like love endures forever. Mm-hmm. And forever. Yeah. Right. And, and so the second half is do it for yourself and do it for others. Yeah. So like. You know, you said love is self-sacrificing. You're, you're doing it for others. Right. But the line, do it for yourself, means that if you do that, you're benefiting yourself in every way. Yeah. Like you're not doing it for that benefit, but you're going to be happier. You're going to have a better life. And so do it for yourself, do it for others, and do it for, dare I say, forever. And I think if we're talking to someone about love, like it's a lot easier to talk to someone about, hey, this is what's going to make you happy rather than saying, Oh no, you should sacrifice all of your desires for them. Like it's an easier transition for someone who has never been exposed to this kind of thing. I think. Yeah. And other than that, the last song is kind of the title of the album and brings us kind of full circle to it's titled Delta. So we kind of already spoke into what the Delta is and we've seen that throughout this album, but we can kind of pull a few of the lines to kind of close this up. Yeah. Um, what'd you have? Uh, so the main things I want to focus on are verses two and three. So it says, what have I found in our love? I am a waste. My words are empty vessels. If I do nothing in this place and we can scream into the shadows and it's good that we can, but walk with me and I think we'll find the way. So it's this idea that, yeah, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm broken. I'm still in these shadows and I'm screaming but if we embrace this this lover, which he's writing it about his wife, but in the way that we're talking about it, the whole album has been God, us and God, like this this loving relationship. It's almost like a song of songs kind of thing. You yeah. Know? Um, but going from verse 2 straight into verse 3, it says, But I meet you at the delta, where the rivers run into the sea, and I'll meet you at the delta. What's behind? I can clearly see that beyond that's beyond me. And I, I think this is awesome because <clears throat> where does Christ meet us? He meets us in our suffering. Mm-hmm. He meets us in the shadows and in the brokenness. And what's behind? I, I can look back on my life and see where I've been, where God's been with me. I can look forward and I can make all the plans that I want. But 
I don't know the future. That's beyond me. That's beyond me. Right. But it's this idea that I'm going to walk it with you. Right. And that's what it says in the second verse. Yeah. So those two verses just like floored me. And then we jump into the chorus too when, you know, we're talking about these struggles and it says when it feels like nothing else matters, when yeah. it feels like I'm, I, I'm at my wit's end, will you put your arms around me? Mm-hmm. Will you lift me up, Lord? When it feels like nothing else matters, will you put your arms around me? And does your love prefer the others? And does your love just make me feel, make you feel again? It does prefer the others, but it also, you know, going back to Beloved, the song, you're one of those others. Like, God's love prefers everyone. But then I love, too, the pre-chorus when it says, does my love prefer the others? Or does my love just make me feel good? So now he's contemplating, like, now that I know Christ's love more fully, now that I've, like, realized that I'm, well, it's okay to be broken, it's okay to be lost as long as he's here with me, how am I living my life? Mm-hmm. How am I loving? What am I doing? And it's like almost like at this delta, at this moment where either the calm becomes the wild or the wild becomes the calm. Either way, we're in this muck. We're in this just meeting point with Christ. We can realize how we should be living better. Hmm. And that's the album. Yeah. I don't really have like much of a challenge besides... Like I said, for I don't know why listening to this whole album and saying these lyrics again, like this image of just adoration came to mind. So I know we've challenged you to go to adoration before, but just go to adoration. I, I don't, you know, if you want to take these words, you can. I, I really just would rather you and challenge you just sit in adoration. And maybe just if if anything, just think on the, the kind of the imagery, right? So for me, looking back on everything we just talked about, we have this river and the way you talked about it, it the river is the chaos right and so we're kind of floating down this river on our own and it's like just trying to stay afloat and we come into this delta which is still chaotic and that's where we meet god right that's what it says right here mm-hmm. um and when it says but walk with me i think we'll find the way it's almost like that scene where christ reaches down and pulls peter out right and he's doing that with us he's pulling us out of the darkness and I'm visualizing like we are walking with him out into the sea. And that's where we find the light. That's where we see like yeah. the, the beauty and the stillness of, of the water. Yeah. And I would just last, lastly, just really be open to what might happen in that adoration moment. Like if it begins to hurt, surrender to that hurt. Um, if it begins to seem like nothing happens, surrender to nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, allow what's happening to happen and don't resist. Um, so just go and sit with Christ and let him, let him walk with you and meet you there. Cool. Uh, yeah. So shout out to Lizzie for offering this up. Um, I've shouted her out before, but she's incredible. And so I'm going to do a little cheesy shout out. Thank you for being awesome. And I love you. Do you have any shout outs? Uh, ditto. <laughs> uh, but uh and things you're incredible Whoa. Awesome. And i just spilled water all over the floor but it's water so it's okay and we'll get it in a second <laughs> um yeah so shout outs i want to give a shout out to uh our friend annie rodriguez she started listening this week so that's cool hey. i want to give a shout out also to casey flack who's mm-hmm. one of our blog authors mm-hmm. uh, so you can go ahead and check out his first article on our website um on the blog it was awesome so yeah. it's on uh, the the Little Prince. I don't know if you've seen that movie or read the book, but really good stuff. So go ahead and check that stuff out. So once again, please, 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 if you like what we're doing, subscribe, leave us a review, preferably a five star. <laughs> Four will allow anything less than that. Uh, just shoot us an email. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, also check out our website, guys. We're really proud of it. But if you have any feedback that can help us improve Definitely. it, let us know. We We want to do better. There's actually a contact us on there so you can literally just email us from there and then also if you do love what we what we're doing here and you want us to make more and better stuff we do too Uh, but we we need the the funds to do that so please think about supporting us on patreon all the links will be in the the notes section so check that out otherwise thank you for joining us on the adventure and we'll see you next time Clint, 
chased me at full speed for like. And I would have got you if it fall off my hip. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the day I found out Jordan has asthma. <laughs> <laughs> or as they say in order to fly, is asthma. Asthma. Alluding. You heard that. That's Clint at Saint S A N T. You just spelled Saint wrong. <laughs> Great. Now I'm gonna get like emails at work. That is his personal email. Don't cheat. You heard it here. It's seven one three five three. No. 